Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They take care of our air conditioning, and they do a great job. You can find out more by visiting johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We'll find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen up in Madison, Wisconsin. Seat Motley is the founder and president of Less Government, will be joining us, as well as my wife, Linda, will be uh, joining us. She writes uh, Greetings from Paradise, and we'll find out what's on her mind as well. It is July the 13th, and on this day in 1978, Ford Motor Company chairman Henry Ford II fired Lee Iacocca, as Ford's president, ending years of tension between the two men. Born to an immigrant family in Pennsylvania in 1924, Iacocca was hired by Ford as an engineer in 1946, but soon switched to sales as he was clearly excelled in that area. By 1960, Iacocca had become a vice president and general manager of the Ford division, the company's largest marketing arm. He successfully championed the design and development of a sporty, affordable Ford Mustang, an achievement that landed him on the covers of Time and Newsweek magazines in the same week in 1964. In December 1970, Henry Ford II named Iacocca president of Ford, but his brash, unorthodox style soon brought him into conflict with his boss. According to Douglas Brinkley's history of Ford's Wheels for the World, Henry authorized $1.5 million in company funds for the investigation of Iacocca's business and private life in 1975. Suffering from a heart condition and aware that the time for his retirement was approaching, Ford made it clear that he eventually wanted to turn the company over to his son, Edsel, then just 28 years of age. In early 1978, Iacocca was told that he would report to another Ford executive, Philip Caldwell, who was named Deputy Chief Executive Officer. In his increasingly public struggle with Ford, Iacocca made an attempt to find support among the company's board of directors, giving Ford the excuse he needed to fire him. As, as Iacocca later wrote in his best-selling autobiography, Ford called Iacocca into his office shortly after 3 p.m. on July the 13th, 1978, let him go by telling him, sometimes you just don't like somebody. <laughs> News of the firing shocked the industry, but it turned into a boon for Iacocca. The following year, he was hired as president of Chrysler Corporation, which at the time was facing bankruptcy. Iacocca went into the federal government for aid, banking on his belief that government would, would not uh, let Chrysler fail for fear of weakening an already slumping economy. The uh, gamble paid off, with Congress agreeing to bail out Chrysler to the tune of $1.5 billion dollars. Iacocca seemed like a lot of money at the time. <laughs> Iacocca streamlined the company's operations, focused on producing more fuel-efficient cars, and pursued an aggressive marketing strategy based on his own powerful personality. After showing a small profit in 1981, Chrysler posted a record profit of more than $2.4 billion in 1984. By then, a national celebrity, Iacocca retired as chief executive of Chrysler in 1992. He died January the 2nd, 2019. Nobody will forget that dust-up, nor the Ford Mustang. Well, at least 94 are now confirmed dead, and 22 are unaccounted for at the site of the collapse of the 12-story condominium in Surfside. Uh, sur uh, searchers continue to uh, do the work uh, and look for, uh, they're not going to find survivors, but to find uh, the remains of whoever may be left there. Please join me in continuing to pray for those who have lost, the families who have grieving, who have grieving and uh, those who are still waiting, Levine Kava said, she's the mayor. Since the collapse of the uh, Champlain Chower, Towers south on June the 24th, search teams have worked tirelessly to recover victims of the rubble. However, authorities said that last week the possibility of finding someone alive from the collapse was now near zero. Search teams have shifted operations from rescue to recovery, and authorities said that the hope to conclude efforts uh, in the coming weeks will come in, in the next few weeks. An investigation into the cause of the collapse continues uh, with the National Institute of Standards and Technology evaluating the structure's remains and conducting tests on several pieces of concrete. Sad story. 
but uh, hopefully they will find all uh, the remains. <clears throat> Garland Favorito, the founder of the Election Integrity Group, Voter GA, will hold a press conference uh, today, this morning at 1030. It'll review the highlights of an, uh, its amended ballot inspection complaint and provide proof that election fraud occurred in November 2020 election. That would be, of course, in Georgia. So lots developing within the uh, audits, uh, but the, well, while there are developments, it is a slow-going process, so we'll stay tuned. Attorney, uh, uh, Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich filed a motion for a preliminary injunction while amending his previous lawsuit on Monday, seeking to avoid the Biden administration's decision to stop border wall construction and to substantially reinstate former President Donald Trump's migrant protection protocols, also known as a Remain in Mexico policy. There is no doubt that Biden's administration and immigration policies are causing a humanitarian, public safety, and environmental crisis at our border, he said. I will do everything I can to stop their destructive actions and protect Arizona. In April, Brnovich filed a lawsuit against Department of Homeland Security officials alleging that the halt of the border wall construction and the MPP policy violated the National Environmental Policy uh, Act, which requires federal agencies like the DHS to weigh environmental considerations before taking any significant federal action. His complaint actually said that there's actually uh, about six to eight pounds of waste that, are com that come along with each uh, illegal immigrant into the United States through Arizona. And that's a conservation problem. Well, conservative talk show host Larry Elder entered California's September 14th recall election on Monday, bringing a well-known voice on the political right to a muddled Republican field trying to oust first-term Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom. He, uh, his show is nationally syndicated as a regular guest on Fox News. He, he's dubbed the Sage from the South Central on his website, a reference to the area of Los Angeles where he grew up. In an interview with the Associated Press, the 69-year-old attorney said he initially was reluctant to become a candidate in a state where Democrats hold a lopsided grip on power in Sacramento. Among supporters who have encouraged him to run, fellow conservative radio host Dennis Prager. Elder said he considered and decided to enter the, his first campaign after witnessing California's out-of-control homeless crisis, spiking crime rates, looming water and power shortages, and whipshaw, that should be whipsaw, coronavirus lockdowns. I have common sense. I have good judgment. I was born and raised here. I think I understand the state, he said. I know it's a long shot, he added, referring to the Newsom's ability to raise unlimited funds. But he said he was driven by a fire in the belly to see if I could do something to move the needle in the right direction. Very elder. Good man. And uh, it might be his time. <clears throat> we'll see. U.S. Capitol Police will start out using Army surveillance equipment to monitor Americans as part of a larger effort to improve security and turn the force into an intelligence-based protective agency in the wake of storming of the U.S. Capitol on January the 6th. i tell you what, these uh, Democrats are so paranoid, they know they stole the election, and now they're trying to talk, uh, accuse anybody who speaks out about it and those who speak out against the uh, vaccine as being extremists, so now they're using the Capitol Police. Last week, the U.S. Uh, Capitol Police uh, took possession of eight persistent surveillance systems ground medium PSSG-M units, uh, fulfilling a request the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin approved on January the, uh, June the 2nd. The units capture high-definition video and include night vision, but do not feature facial recognition capabilities. The technology will be integrated with the existing USCP camera infrastructure, providing greater high-definition surveillance capability uh, to steady-state mission requirements and help identify emerging threats. The same technology was used by troops during the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan to observe large areas day and night. The Army will install the units and train Capitol Police on how to operate the systems, the Pentagon said. This is just scary stuff. We're talking about Big Brother, the police state. Uh, these people are going full throttle uh, communist. And uh, what they're doing is they're just trying to uh, garner their and centralize their power and keep it and f uh, reduce any threats that they can find. And they're going to use the Capitol Police to do that. It's just absolutely atrocious. <clears throat> 
So just scrolling down here, I wanted to get to this story. British billionaire Richard, I wasn't able to do it yesterday, Richard Branson on Sunday soared more than 50 miles above the New Mexico desert aboard his Virgin Galactic rocket plane and safely returned in the vehicle's first fully crewed test flight to space, a symbolic milestone for a venture he started 17 years ago. This is just unbelievable. I'm sure you've seen pictures of them floating in space. You've seen pictures of the launch of the spacecraft itself from the airplane. Just amazing stuff. Branson, one of six Virgin Galactic Holding Incorporated employees strapped in for the ride, has touted the mission as a precursor to a new era of space tourism with the company he founded in 2004, poised to begin commercial operations next year. We're here to make space more accessible to all, exuberant Branson said uh, shortly after the flight. Uh, Welcome to the dawn of a new space age. Oh, by the way, if you'd like to take that ride, it was about an hour. Uh, it's going to cost in the neighborhood of a quarter of a million dollars to take a one-hour flight to space. I'm sure uh, the prices will come down, and I'm sure the rides will get longer, and uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of developments. But it's pretty exciting uh, development. Uh, Jeff Bezos, of course, uh, is also planning his, his uh, own trip to space. That's going to happen shortly. Uh, they say they're not uh, competitive. They, they're competitive, but friendly about it. So, uh, so interesting. And, and the thing, it landed so smoothly. It was just an amazing, amazing trip on Sunday. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also, Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. All right, coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. Uh, Among other things, they create policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. Terrific organization run by uh, Taryn Bragdon. It does a great job. And the website, I hope you check it out, is thefga.org. 
Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. I called Kathleen, and her phone was on automatic answer, so uh, she wasn't available. But uh, nevertheless, she may call in. I left my number. Sometimes that happens uh, with guests who sometimes forget to turn on uh, their phone. So anyhow, uh, just a little bit more about this uh, space, fl- space flight by uh, Branson. At the apex of the climb, with the rocket shut down, the crew then experienced a few minutes of microgravity before the space plane shifted into re-entry mode and began a gliding descent to a runway back at the spaceport. The entire flight from takeoff to landing lasted about an hour. I've dreamt of this since I was a kid, and nothing could prepare you for the view from space, Branson told hundreds of cheering supporters from a stage outside Virgin Galactic's gateway to space complex at the spaceport before he and crewmates doused one another with champagne. The Daredevil executive has previously broken world records with ocean-crossing exploits and hot-air balloons. Retired Canadian astronaut Chris Hadfield pinned Virgin-produced astronaut wings on the blue flight suits worn by Branson and his team. Official wing pins from the Federal Aviation Administration would be presented to at a later date, a spokesperson said. And again, as, as I mentioned, these tickets... Several wealthy would-be citizen astronauts have already booked reservations priced around $250,000 of tickets. Can you believe that? The Swiss-based investment bank UBS has estimated the potential value of space tourism. The market has reached $3 billion annually by the year 2030, only nine years from now. Amazing. Proving rocket travel safe for the public is the key. An earlier prototype of the Virgin Galactic rocket plane crashed during a test flight over California's Mojave Desert in 2014, killing one pilot and seriously injuring another. His ride-along also upstaged rival astro-tourism venture Blue Origin and its founder Jeff Bezos in what has been popularized as the billionaire space race. Bezos has been planning to fly aboard his own suborbital uh, rocket ship, the New Shepard, it's called, later this month. Branson has insisted that he and Bezos are friendly rivals and not engaged in a personal contest to beat one another into space. Blue Origin, however, has disparaged Virgin Galactic as falling short of a true spaceflight experience, saying that unlike Unity, Bezos's New Shepard tops the 62-mile-high mark called the Carmen Line set by an international aeronautics body as defining the boundary between Earth's atmosphere and space. So, well, I guess uh, uh, Bezos, or, or rather, uh, 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 Blue Origin f- uh, fell short by about, uh, Branford fell short by about 10 miles. New Shepard was designed to fly about Carmen Line so that none of our astronauts have an asterisk next to their name said the uh, spokesperson. However, U.S. Space Agency, NASA, and U.S. Air Force both define an astronaut as anyone who's flown higher than 50 miles. There, there's a third player uh, in, the, in the whole race, Musk. Elon Musk plans to send its first all-civilian crew without Musk into orbit in September after having already launched numerous cargo payloads and astronauts into the International Space Station for NASA. The space plane's two pilots were Dave Mackey and Michael Masucci. The uh, three other mission specialists were Beth Moses, the company's chief astronaut instructor, Virgin Galactic's leading operations engineer, Colin Bennett, and Sarisha Banda, uh, research operations and government affairs vice president. Sounds like a fun trip. And, uh, you know, when you watch it, you can see the safety measures they have in place. It's just pretty terrific. Well, Princeton University dropped the Greek and Latin language requirements for classic majors in an effort to address systemic racism. The Princeton faculty approved curriculum changes in the departments of politics, religion, and classics in April. Uh, Politics added a a track in race and identity, while religion and classes increased flexibility for concentrators, including eliminating the requirement for classic majors to take Greek or Latin. The university summarized in an update sent out to the alumni. Explaining the changes further, Princeton described the two major changes for the classics major, the classics track, which requires an intermediate proficiency of Greek or Latin to enter the concentration, was eliminated, as was the requirement for students to take Greek or Latin. 
The university links the decision to broader effort to address systemic racism at the university, which were given new urgency, uh, was given new urgency by this uh, and the events surrounding race that occurred last summer. Unbelievable. Lowering the standards. If you're going to major in classics, why would you not want to take Greek and Latin? It seems to be an important adjunct to an education in that area. But uh, nevertheless, as you can see, these universities, quite frankly, are more woke and they're more concerned about uh, doing the right thing for equity, not equality, equity and uh, racism. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with Boo Mortensen. Uh, we'll do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. It's open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000-square-foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you heard the commercial about the new Performing Arts Center in downtown Naples. Well, they provide great productions, professional productions as well. I hope you check out the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen up in the tundra in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. And did you watch the liftoff into space? Hey, wasn't that something? I, I was just miraculous to see. The, the whole thing was just incredible. And I must say, if I, I, think, I think I said uh, at one point I'd never do something like that. Uh, having watched it and the pro you know, protocols they have in place and how that all went so smoothly, I think I'd, I don't know what I'd want to spend a quarter of a million dollars to do it, though. <laughs> no, but what great bragging rights. Oh, man. Are you kidding? Just unbelievable. Would you do it? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I would. I, you know, strapping yourself onto that, you know, the north end of a rocket sounds kind of scary. You know, the word rocket. Yeah. But this is really different. You're really strapped onto a plane that takes you, and then they're kind of boosters. I mean, it's a little bit different. It's not as jaw-dropping as, you know, as what maybe what an astronaut does when he sits on the nose end of a, of a huge rocket. But holy cow, what a rush. What a rush indeed. And you even get weightlessness. 
Yeah, that was pretty cool to see them floating around in, in space up there. That was just uh, just an amazing thing to think that that's going to become commonplace by the year uh, 2030. It's just amazing to me. And, and, well, and, I think commonplace <laughs> is, a use, is a loose description. Yeah. Right now it's pretty pricey, and mm. I think you've got to come up with a chunk of cash, significant cash to be able to do it. Yeah. But... Uh, you know, it, it, will it will the price drop from two hundred fifty thousand down? Probably, probably will. And and uh, not only that, but Elon Musk, of course, is uh, in in play on this thing. He also wants to be participating in this uh, race uh, to outer space, as does Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos, yeah, Bezos, yeah, Bezos. <laughs> I think Jeff Bezos goes off in about seven days. Yeah, amazing stuff. So, what's new with yeah? Boo? It's kind of exciting, but you know. I think that that's all good news. You know, is there any practical application for it? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. But, uh, you know, it's something that's positive. And I have to tell you, I came across uh, some other things that I thought were really neat. You know, the world is so crazy right now. It just seems like everybody's so mad at everybody that for the next couple times that we talk, we're going to talk about cool, fun positive things. Oh, good. <laughs> I like that. So the first one is Honda, you know, the car company. Uh-huh. What they have done, which I think is amazing, people that, you know, there are millions and millions of people that have macular degeneration or glaucoma or are strongly visually impaired. Yeah. And so what they have developed is you have a your cell phone and you have a GPS in it, and the GPS is attached to this little monitor that you you have a sock and you slip your foot into this sl- sock or a sling and on the top of the sling is a little monitor and it's attached to GPS. So if you go straight, if you walk straight, like say you're going to go to a restaurant three blocks away, so you walk straight and the monitor buzzes, vibrates on the top of your foot, indicating that you go straight. Then if you go to the end of a block and you have to take a right, then the monitor, again, according to GPS, will vibrate on the right side of your foot. So it helps you dependence and and walk around and get around on your own without being dependent on someone else. Huh. That is pretty cool. Now, I think that's really neat. So I guess that would do away with the uh, the uh, seeing eye, the, the cane, and that kind of thing. Perhaps. Well, no, I think you probably need to have some way to let people know that you're blind. Words, probably. Take, take some but precaution. But I think that it's a, a cool way of, you know, it's an in-shoe, it's called an in-shoe navigation system for the visually impaired. How that, cool is that? That is just so cool. Well, you know, just more and more innovation happening that's just just amazing, quite frankly. You, it it, it kind of relates to that space story, doesn't it, in the sense that uh, uh, this is going to be a, a great boon for people who are blind. Oh, my heavens. Oh, yeah. Yes, it will. And there there's so many of them. And I have another one. The last one is buzzworthy. You know, so much of agriculture is dependent on pollination. Mm-hmm. And bees were dependent on so much of our agriculture is dependent on bees pollinating all the flowers. Yep. And bees are having their own problem yep. with um, uh, what do you call it, colony collapse yes. disorder, where they're for some reason they're just dying. So they have developed artificial intelligence, and they are these robots that go through the aisles of plants and with cameras and artificial intelligence they can identify flowers that are ready to be pollinated and then they blast air at them and then it shakes the pollination loose and it pollinates the flowers that is amazing so is that cool and these are already being used they're about ten thousand dollars a robot and they're already being used in Australia and other places, and we're, it's going to reduce our dependence on bees. Well, that is it's, it, fortunately, there is a replacement for the bees because they are 
being, I don't know what's happening on that front, but they seem to be going in, into extinction at this point. Well, I think so. You know, it's climate change, habitat loss, pesticides. You know, yeah. mankind is uh, screwing up the bee population. They're screwing up a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, yes. No question about that. Well, that is just an amazing story. You know, I talked to a guy yesterday uh, that uh, told me that he's on the board of directors of a company that uh, it's uh, irrigation and uh, fourth farms, for example. And uh, what it does is that it tells, it actually uh, takes a look. Yeah, in fact, you can hook it up with a satellite and you can have smaller and, and more uh, water you know, distributors, but it only waters when it needs it. You know, and uh, actually, the uh, if it's hooked up to satellite, it can actually determine where it's needed, and so the whole sprinkler system doesn't have to go on. Uh, you can it'll pick and choose where water needs to go and when it needs to go there. Isn't that amazing? Wow, <clears throat> it is. And you'd think that they would have figured that out a long time ago. Maybe it's much more complicated, and so you need sensors to determine how dry the earth is. Yeah, I mean, if you, I've always been amazed when you see in pouring down rain, see sprinkler systems turned on, and for example, Pelican Bay Boulevard. So I mean, it'll eliminate that problem. And uh, he estimated, by the way, he said that this will save, for example, golf courses if they does decided to use it. Somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty to sixty percent of the water distribution would be eliminated. It would save that much. Wow. And, you know, when you see out west and how hot it is and, like, uh, an example of what Lake Mead looks like, yeah, uh, it's kind of scary. We're going to all need stuff like that. Yeah. And how about that drought and what's going on in, in the heat in the Midwest and the uh, far west? It's just unbelievable. You know, it's, it's jaw-dropping. I, I think they said the other day that it was, what was it, 117 in Las Vegas. 130 in the Mojave Desert, uh, or is it the Mojave Desert? Uh, and, I guess so. Yeah. So uh, it, it really is astounding. In fact, uh, I think, didn't I, I think you mentioned that it was very hot even up in the state of Washington. Oh, yeah. My uh, brother lives in Seattle, and so many people, it never gets hot up there. It's always kind of rainy or, you know, it's very, very moderate, misty a lot, cool. So, so many people don't even have air conditioning because they don't need it. And uh, it, last week it was 106. Yeah. That I'm makes Florida look uh, chilly. I know. So, uh, how is it in uh, Madison now? You know, we, we are not affected by the heat at all. Mm. Anything like this whole week is going to be in the 70s. We may have an 80, but we don't have the uh, crushing heat at all which is kind of strange. I don't know if it's going to drift across, that we're eventually going to get it, but no. You know, the last couple of days, it's been overcast. Hmm. And? So we're not, uh, we're not a part of it yet. Yet. So uh, when does uh, University of uh, Wisconsin open? When, when are classes starting? August. And, uh, you know, freshman studies start, and... I don't know exactly what they're going to do. I don't know. I would imagine, like so many other schools, it's going to be a hybrid uh-huh. uh, session where some classes will be held in where you go in person. Some will be at home. I don't know how they're going to determine that. But if I were a parent paying 50000 a semester, mm-hmm. I I would certainly want sort of a some sort of a refund, but I don't think schools are doing that. I don't think they are either, and I anticipate that enrollment is going down rapidly. I mean, I don't mean substantially, but it will go down because I think some people decide, you know what, it's just not worth it being all masked up and having to get uh, vaccinated. Some people are just going to resist on that basis. So well, we'll see what happens. It'll be a, kind of an interesting right now, but. Uh, it, we're kind of coming to a loggerheads, coming to loggerheads with regard to uh, these uh, lockdowns and fiats that are coming from uh, different places like universities. Yeah, I I don't know. I know that you know, Lauren and I sat out. I mean, last year, you know, we had snipers on the rooftop. We had demonstrations. We had so much looting. Last summer was just 
really, like in a lot of other cities, like Milwaukee and, and uh, certainly Minneapolis, I mean, across the country, it was not good. This year, people are coming back town, downtown. There's lots of groups of young people, their families, their kids picnicking on the Capitol grounds. It's almost like, hey, we're back. Life is good. And it's just so wonderful to see people coming back. Yeah. Boo Mortensen, it's always a pleasure to get to uh, talk to you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Have a great day, Bob. You as well. Thank you, Boo. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seat Motley. He's the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Listen to the Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social, a new refreshing social networking platform. Uh, check it out. Go to choicesocial.us, the website choicesocial.us, to find out more and sign up. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with my wife, Linda. She writes greetings from paradise. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Uh, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and there ain't many of us. No, no they're, the force, it's a big market, so to speak of it in a positive uh, way. So, uh, you, Ironically, it's a growth market. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, it is. So uh, you wrote a great column about, and who could believe that they've got uh, a sheep, a wolves in sheep's clothing, uh, in other words, we've got people who are running for Congress. They're pretending to be conservatives, but they're really George Soros types. Maybe you could tell us about it. Well, this is why I'm one of the few people on the conservative side that wants to end gerrymandering as it's currently constituted. Gerrymandering is the bizarre drawing of bizarrely shaped districts to cram as many Republicans or Democrats into a district as possible. And, you know, we have D.C. where 400 of the 435 congressional seats are primary elections. And by that I mean whoever wins the primary, whether it's a Democrat or a Republican primary, coasts to victory in the general because their district is overwhelmingly drawn to favor their party. Yeah. And we do that for 30 or 40 years and then look around and go, gee, why is D.C. so partisan? Because we've made it that way. So anyway... One of the byproducts of this stupidity is 
in districts where, for example, Ohio 15, it's an overwhelmingly Republican district. The, the Republican that won it in 2020 won it by like 26 or 29 percent. He's now resigning or has resigned to become head of the Ohio Chamber of Commerce. So there's a special election. Well, again, as we just saw six months ago or whatever, whoever wins the Republican primary is going to take the general easily. Mm -hmm. So what happens is Democrats and leftists run alleged Republicans in the Republican primary because that's the only way they can hope of getting somebody into the seat in Washington. And that's what's happening in Ohio 15. Not, not once, but at least twice. Huh. There's a allegedly Ohio conservative environmental group where they're pushing for all of the above. And You know, I hate this. It's one of those mealy phrases that I hate. All of the above energy sources. You know, we want oil and gas and nuclear, but what we really want is solar, wind, and algae. And, of course, what they don't tell you is solar, wind, and algae don't produce actually any actual energy, and they require trillions of dollars of government subsidies in perpetuity to keep them in existence. And the, 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 this, this group is funded by George Soros and Tom Steyer, amongst others. Yeah. And it's, 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 and it's got conservative in the name of the organization. Huh. So they had one candidate, and we outed him. And I'm not saying I, sold, I solely got rid of him. But we outed him as a, a Soros-style Republican, and all his fundraising drove up, dro dried up, and he dropped out of the race. And that, um, there's, there were a dozen candidates that made 11. So, there, so they had another one. They had a backup plan, and, and he's running again. And, and uh, so I wrote about him, and now what I'm writing about is this connecting thread to all this is this guy, Mike Hartley, who runs the con allegedly conservative green energy project in Ohio. And he's, he's, he, he fundraised and sponsored the first guy. That guy fell out, so he's fundraising and sponsoring this guy. And, of course, this has no business being in the Republican primary. Right. This has nothing to do <coughs> with conservative policy or conservative politics. And the, the funny part was, the, way I wrote, the reason I wrote the title the way I did was, he's very upset that he's been outed as a leftist. And he went and expressed his displeasure with, being, with questioning his conservative bona fides he went to the Daily Beast, <laughs> which is about as hardcore left-wing publication as you could find. Right. Oh, see. I know if my conservative bona fides were questioned, I'd go to some place like the Daily Beast to discuss and defend my conservative bona fides. So it, I just thought it was interesting that he's extensively quoted attacking the Trump-endorsed candidate Mike Carey in in the in the race, attacking him as being an oil industry lobbyist. Well, we need oil. As we've seen, gas is a dollar more expensive per gallon than it yeah. was last year this time, because we had a little different oil and gas policy last year at this time than we do now. And, and he's attacking him in defense of his allegedly conservative government mandates and government funding of fake energy. And he's doing all of this conservative conservatism in the daily beast unbelievable Seton, you know it, it's in a way i'm really pleased with what you're doing with these uh, columns because one of the things you're doing is outing the likes of george soros and tom steyer in terms of their dirty tricks and how they're trying to because they can't win outright uh, they uh they try to manipulate they have to they, they, this is further subterfuge on their part yes <clears throat> exactly so what's going to happen in and, district? And, uh, by the way, this is not new, and it's not exclusive to Soros and Steyer. I lived in Texas. I moved to Texas in 1996 to Austin, which my joke is, is Austin's nice because it's so close to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it was 1996, and Texas was the last of the southern states to flip parties from Democrat to Republican. Remember when Reagan came in, he led a, a party change throughout the South. Texas was last. And so what happened was the, 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 the Texas uh, Trial Lawyers Association, obviously a bunch of leftists, basically bought 
outright the Democrat Party of Texas. And then one of the things they started doing was running Democrats in Republican primaries throughout the state of Texas. So this has been done for a long time. Wow. You know? And on both sides, look, uh, the general consultant for Governor Greg Abbott in Texas is a guy named Dave Carney. He always makes sure to sprinkle money around the state for Green candidate, Green Party candidates to get them on the ballot <laughs> so they can siphon votes off the Democrats. Not quite the same thing, but, you know, we're, we're, we're both playing this game to, to varying degrees. Well, thanks for making that clear. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org. You can also visit uh, Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden. She is my wife. She also writes a terrific column. It's called Greetings from Paradise. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, Downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide two and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden. She is my wife. She also writes... Greetings from Paradise. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. So uh, you're going to write a new uh, Greetings from Paradise soon? I haven't had time because, um, A, there's not a lot going on right this second in Naples, um, but I'm sure there's going to be some news bulletins coming up. Yeah. But B, I've been watching the national news like crazy because there's just so much going on. It's hard to it's hard to keep up with it. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, I guess Joe Biden is going to go up to Pennsylvania. I'm not sure clear on the reason for the trip, but uh, he's going to to talk about voter integrity. Yeah, and uh, of course, Mastriano, this uh, Senator Mastriano in the uh, state Senate in Pennsylvania, has now sent out uh, subpoenas. I'm not exactly sure what he sent out, but he's requesting information to begin and start the audits in Pennsylvania. So we now have an audit in uh, Arizona and Maricopa County. We have an audit that's begun in Georgia. That That is really meaty. Well, can I, can I just say that about Georgia, is that what's so interesting and what the mainstream media is freaking out about is that um, Tucker Carlson's going to start talking about the voter 
big voter question marks in Fulton County, Georgia, which, oh, by the way, is Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, starting on Wednesday. And, and I just think that's fascinating because he is shine, shining a bright light on so many things right now. Right. And the process is slow. And uh, many think, people think, well, it might be, be to, to get Trump in office. That would be a fantastic outcome from my point of view. But you know what? We need to make sure that people believe in the integrity of the election process. And these audits are going to at least show what's been done, what the problems are, and uh, provide an avenue and a pathway to fix it. And oh, by the way, this has been going on for years and years and years, and and the left was just hoping no one no one would notice. I'm wondering, oh by the way, how how many um, political offices have been quote unquote won by these nefarious activities in in each and every state and county and whatever. Well, probably a couple of Senate seats in Georgia, probably a Senate seat in was it a Senate seat in Wisconsin or was it a House seat uh, James. That's in Michigan, and, uh, Michigan. And, and it was I think it was a House seat. A House seat. But, but uh, a Sean um, Parnell in Pennsylvania, too. I mean, he, he should have won that race, that race and that was a, uh, a con- congressional seat. So, uh, you know, it, uh, it's just so sad to see the Capitol Police are now opening offices and, in Florida and California with the idea of spying on people that might be subversive to the Democrat Party. You know what? Bring it on, because they're going to they're gonna get met with a lot of pushback, oh, by the way, in addition to everything else the government is trying to shove down our throats. Don't even get me started. Yeah, well, and so uh, if uh, Joe Biden shows up at our door, rings the bell, and asks if we got vaccinated, are you going to answer? <laughs> I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him climb this many stairs. Yeah. A, which I, he has, only has trouble on one flight of stairs going up to Air Force One. Yeah. Um, but that's not going to happen. I mean, DeSantis hasn't spoken out on it yet because he's been, you know, kind of overwhelmed with the storm last weekend with that that um, Sunrise Florida condominium thing. But, but you know, he's just he's just going to come out and um, and put a big fat no sticker on any of that. Well, just take a step back, and what are we seeing here? What we're seeing is cheating to win the election, uh, then becoming, uh, these Democrats becoming extremely paranoid. They're trying to consolidate power. They're trying to uh, change us over to a communist country, quite frankly. All the signs are there. They're trying to increase taxes, trying to uh, uh, increase the welfare state, uh, opening the borders, letting people in. I mean, is there anything that's good for America that they're doing? No, but you know what's so interesting about this, and we've talked about it before, but I, I just think that it had to happen this way. I mean, everything from Trump's election in 2016 to his quote-unquote loss in 2020. If if Trump had not lost, and we know he didn't because of all the, the voting irregularities that went on, we would have never found out how bad things were, how the elite is trying to take over the country, Bill Gates and all of, and Fauci and, and uh, um, Big Tech and, and all, these, all these companies that, that think that they can, that they can rule us. Yeah. And, and people are waking up and noticing, like, uh-uh, we're not going to let this happen. Yeah. It would never, it wouldn't, the curtain would have never been pulled back if all this hadn't happened in this way. Absolutely, and you brought up Fauci. Uh, we watched a video yesterday. It was an hour and 22 minutes long. I, My goodness, it was shocking. And I'm speaking, it was a Dr. Martin, is that his name? David, David A. Martin, and I sent it out to um, everybody I could yesterday and, and, and told them, I just said, this is an hour and it's long, but sit, go pour yourself a cold one, a cup of coffee, sit down and just watch this video. Because when you sent it to me when I was out walking, Oh my goodness, I, I, it made my walk go so fast, but I could not stop listening to it. Yeah. And it's tedious in a way because of all the information, all the, um, uh, what, uh, the patents that are involved, all that stuff. But I, I would just encourage your listeners, if you want to see an absolutely blockbuster uh, video, um, uh Contact Bob on his website and, and tell him because we uh, will we'll send it to you. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to post the uh, link on my website. In oh, that's, that's a great idea. Uh, I'll, I'll publish it on my uh, uh, newsletter as well as on in on my website, and that, that way people can access it. But it is it it, the, it tells the story. Now this guy is a uh, he's an authority on copyrights, and he goes through the whole process using copyrights of showing how. Uh, 
which follow the money to help how uh, this whole uh, pandemic has been fabricated and uh, the vaccines fabricate all the all the stuff that shows this is really in some ways a way to consolidate power number one and number two to uh, make money uh, make a lot of money for the well, pharma, just like big pharma. he was talking about hearing um, involved um, the CDC involved in this I mean we've always we've always um, Knew, known that the CDC is is corrupt anyway, but this is this goes way back. I mean, this guy was talking about back to two thousand and four, right? And and um, you know, everybody that I sent it to, and I sent it on Messenger, Facebook. I sent it to a bunch of people via email. When I sent it on Facebook, and I said, if you want to get this via email, so you can send it to others, let me know your email address, and I'll send it to you because. Um, and so many people go, yes, we, we watched it on Messenger, but we need to see the whole thing on email. This needs to get shared far and wide. Well, thanks for reminding me, because I, when I saw it, I said, I, I need to make sure that our listeners have an opportunity to, to uh, see this. It's a video, and uh, it's, it's just a blockbuster. Hour and 22 minutes of unbelievable information and so credible I mean, it's it's all it's a chapter and verse. It's he, you know, it's it's all documented right there in the uh, video. You know what? When I get when I get home this afternoon, I'm I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. Because because there was so much information mm-hmm. in that video that I that it was just overwhelming. And oh, by the way, speaking of um, all these vaccines and and all the um, crooked things that are going on, isn't it interesting that that the FDA is going to is announcing that. The Johnson and Johnson vaccine um, has a chance of giving you a neurological disease. Yeah. How interesting is that? And oh, by the way, guess who isn't covering it? The mainstream media. They don't want you to know. Meanwhile, yeah. they're trying to push it down everybody's throat. So, do you think that uh, the uh, CDC is throwing Johnson and Johnson under the bus? At it? <laughs> yeah, I, I even start questioning the motives of, uh, in other words, rather than Moderna, uh, Moderna and uh, Pfizer and Pfizer. Possibly, yeah. But but you know what? I mean, there, Johnson Johnson stocks down this morning as a result substantially. Um, but I don't know. I mean, um, all this corruption breeds more corruption, and it's all about the money. I mean, by the way, there have been nine billionaires made during this pandemic. Nine billionaires that we in the pharmaceutical industry alone. Mm-hmm. And how does that even make sense? Yeah. Well. Uh it's it's these are interesting times, and uh, we've talked about the audits. We've talked about the the uh, oh, pandemic. Let, let's just go back to the voting for just a second, because uh-huh. we talked before we went on air about these uh, Democrats in Texas who decided they were doing um, uh, yeoman's work by by hiring a private jet to get out of Texas before the vote on uh, voter integrity, and they fly to Washington D.C. Looking and with their beer, that they took selfies with beer on the plane. And good old Kamala Cackle Harris says, "Oh, this is courage. This is courage. I applaud their courage. Um, it's it's more American than apple pie. Talk about gagging. <laughs> this woman doesn't. She she couldn't run a McDonald's, let yeah. alone let alone be vice president. Yeah, so, of so the, country. Big, the big narrative now is because they realize she's in trouble. Her popularity is as low as it could go. Is now they're saying she's got so much on her plate, at, and how, she's not doing any of she's it. She's not doing anything. It's just unbelievable. Well, Kamala Harris. And 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 by the way, it's on social media. It's it's being broadcast far and wide that the entire Johnson or Johnson, I've got Johnson Johnson on my mind. Biden administration is a total. Disaster. Yeah, and 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 they can't. They're just underscoring it with every move they make. Linda, I always appreciate your commentary. You got me all stirred up here. Well, but but really, I mean, if you you need to post that video because oh. people need to see it. Absolutely, I'll take care of it today. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to visit with Bob Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute. We'll continue our discussion. Oh, actually, going to take a look at uh, last, uh, the last Supreme Court session and uh, the decisions that were made. We'll also visit with Mark Shulman, the founder and publisher 
of HistoryCentral.com. We'll be talking about global events. And Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of many books. His latest is What Makes Humans Truly Exceptional. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.